Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to episode 333 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... Ray, how are you doing? Hello, Dave. I'm good. Uh, episode 333. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Tandem month 2222. Two, 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 yeah. <laughs> Why not have episode 333? Three, three, three? <laughs> so uh, what have you been up to? So I'm going to continue with my uh, good promise. I'm going to bring you my five top film stories from February. So have you got my little jingle, Dave? Yes. <laughs> hang on. So yeah, as the uh, Richard Film Guide of Geek Town, choose five stories from February, which I felt are worth quickly talking about or nodding to. We may have talked about some of them through other episodes of Geek Town, but I feel these are the top five stories. So number one, it was the month of the Oscar nominations, and we are really pleased to see Power of the Dog leading the way. Jane Campion's return to directing and Benedict Cumberbatch as the lead in that film. Up there with June as leading the way with the most nominations and obviously with Oscars there are a lot of technical nominations which we know June has picked up the power of the dog have got a lot of the creative nominations uh, which includes the acting awards and the directing awards yeah also on the Oscar news as well the hosting has finally been announced it's a three-way female comedy duo duo trio trio Wanda Sykes Amy Schumer and Regina Hall are signed up as the hosts but also we should recognize Regina Hall for just a fantastic acting as well not just a complete comedian as well she's she has a real sort of range in her as well yeah so that's um story number one my oscar story um my second one now this has got me the most excited in february it seems already so long ago but still talking about it the doctor strange and the multiverse of madness dropped in february and there was a voice and there was a voice that everyone hung to and then people were sharing clips around and then just a few days later thankfully confirmed this Patrick Stewart is going to be appearing we are all hopeful and we are all wishing that the diehard fans there's not everybody in the world but yeah. are hoping this is the move towards the X-Men and some explanation of how maybe he appears and with everything going in the right direction we could be getting that proper crossover which we um talked about back when Fox was first taken on by Disney. Yes. Uh, so that was a good... Have you, have you deconstructed it as well, Dave? I, I, I well, talked to a lot of people who spent quite a bit of time deconstructing that trailer. I, I haven't gone that far into deconstructing it. I've watched it a few times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I bear in mind, I've still not seen Spider-Man yet. So I was a little concerned that things may pop up in that trailer. That, But Matt sort of said, no, there's nothing really spoilery for Spider-Man in there. So you're okay. Yeah, no, no. There's a tiny reference, but even I was a bit questionable about if that was clearly a reference to Spider-Man. Yeah, so so there was nothing hugely obvious, but yes, this makes sense as a way of bringing the X-Men across. Um, I guess we're going to look at possibly some recasting along the way as well. I mean, we don't know where this film's going to end up, but it's a way of sort of being able to give the Fox X-Men some sort of outing as well as potentially being able to say, okay, well, you know, that was the multiverse stuff, but we can now recast other people that you know suddenly we've got these new x-men that are in this or some mixture of new and old or you know so that there is potential for them to be able to mix and match and do things with it yeah give you know depending where the film ends up of course so 
Yeah, very Patrick, exciting. Patrick Stewart's not going to be around forever, unfortunately. No, no. So I would say it's lovely to have him in there, but equally, you might would have thought they might have gone for the younger version in this because he's yeah. going to be around more, but we'll see. I'm hoping there's going to be some good justification. But anyway, that's fantastic news for the, the film that is released later this year. Yeah. Um, my next one, with the Golden Globes taking a lot of shine off of the award season this year in terms of not being very well covered, yeah. I felt the Actors Guild Awards got a lot more coverage and a lot of discussion, and we had TV programmes like Squid Game sweeping up there, but people are looking at this as another step towards the BAFTAs and Oscars and Will Smith grabbed the Best Actor Award and Jessica Chastain grabbed the Best Actress Award. So could this be another positive step forward for Will Smith grabbing that Oscar later on this month uh, when we have the next ceremony? That's uh, definitely something for discussion. He is getting a lot of tips in the right direction and even Benedict Cumberbatch himself has sort of said when he's in a a category this strong this year for Best Actor, um, he's definitely not considering that he's an outright positive chance of a win even though his film has got the most nominations so yeah yeah well absolutely i mean you know will smith seems to be doing very very well and the fact that the film he's nominated for is about the williams sisters Mm. and it's a great performance as well from what i hear i haven't actually seen it yet but uh, then story number four just to keep you updated on some film news uh, indiana jones 5 has finally wrapped shooting so that is well in its production phase now so we would get confirmation proper confirmation of that release date and the promos date coming soon so i'm sure we'll be looking out for a trailer for that dropping very soon yeah and my fifth and final story very last day of the month this news story dropped someone has obviously been saying Beetlejuice three times in a row (laughs) because there are a chance that it is coming back at the moment Renona Ryder and Michael Keaton have signed up there is no news on Tim Burton at the moment but it is very very probable that it will go into production later this autumn or as the Americans like to call it this fall Um, so we could be seeing Beetlejuice in 2023 who knows let's just hope a good director is signed up if Burton refuses to do it. And that, Dave, are my top five film stories for February. Yes, yeah. some good stuff in there. Definitely. Yes. I need uh, a little outro, outro jingle for yeah, you as well. We'll add that to it, add that to it. Yeah. Um, other stuff, there, back onto my normal stuff. So during half term, which uh, I had just the week before last, I finished season two of Alex Ryder finally that was sitting on my to watch list. Really good, strong program. I just wish it was back on Amazon Prime a little bit more. Yeah. Um, out there it's, it snuck away on IMDB TV and it was a bit frustrating that I had to sit through adverts every so often yeah I've seen a few episodes of it because I did interview some of the cast this time mm. around so I haven't watched the whole thing I'd seen a few episodes and I completely forgot about it because it was <laughs> stuck away on IMDB TV so I need to go watch the rest of it but I, I love the first season I thought they yeah. did a wonderful job so and I really like what I saw in the second season so really good I know season one's come on to all four now and I'm hoping that um, they're going to continue that relationship Amazon and all four and put Alex season two onto all four so it can pick up that that audience again because you know it's got Vicky McClure in and that's enough to bring in a lot of the British audience well that is true yeah it's because it's a Sony series that's why so it's not directly Amazon Amazon will have the rights for a certain amount of time exclusively and then I bet Sony has a deal to be able to sell it on um, to other places so I bet that's why it's on all four I bet that was a Sony deal yeah I also watched um, Before We Die. It was was released very much earlier in 2021. It was Leslie Sharp and it was a noir drama on Channel 4. And it's about the detective who discovers a family member is undercover. And it's actually really really gripping. I just literally, I put it on on one day of half term and I finished it the next day. Three episodes (laughs) and three episodes. It was just, it was really good. I think Leslie Sharp is a fantastic British actress. um, And, you know, it it just showed a, a really good side it was adapted from a Norwegian or Swedish TV program of a similar and I really enjoyed it so that was another one and I just because I had to everyone was talking about it I finished and just like that before it left the now TV streaming service right. uh, which is the Sex and the City continuation I was a bit meh about it to be honest and well I can't rave about it I'm not trashing it completely I was just a bit meh that's all I'm going to leave it as um, I'm not sure why they had to do it 
But mm-hmm. you know what? It's an interesting continuation of the story. And there is a lot of nods to trying to modernize our three women um, right. and a lot of what people are calling sort of additions to sort of liberal culture and paying homage to that. And why I think it's right as well. Some of them were a little bit forced and I felt they were ticking almost too many boxes right. to try and say we are liberal and forward thinking and, you know, we listen to all the movements and we're making sure that there is a character within our cast that ticks that. And it was oh, a bit like, I yeah. appreciate that. You know, I am definitely for that representation, but it got to a point where it was like, oh, okay, that's another character that has, a, you know. Yeah, that sort uh, of ticks a box yeah. rather than, and you're like, yeah, if they're not there for the story purpose and they're there just to tick a box, that's kind of as insulting as like not having them there at all. Exactly. Like, some so- char- yeah, some characters actually turned up for half an episode and disappeared again. And you think, well, actually, I'm sure that character could be rounded out a little bit more and have a little bit more depth to them. But right. I just felt like you getting them in because they tick a box and then they're off again but mm. yeah I finished that I'm keeping on with 911 I've got a couple of others left of the Righteous Gemstones and I started this week the Starstruck sitcom by Rose Matafeo yes. not to be confused with the Stars in Their Eyes attempt to remake on ITV at the moment also called Starstruck hosted by Ollie Murs right. um, if anyone wants to watch hilarious television go and watch that it's, it's all about it is basically honouring Stars in Their Eyes in a new way called Starstruck yeah. yes I'd heard uh, about that yes <laughs> um, and on my waiting list at the moment in terms of what I need to be getting on with to watch during March will be Killing Eve which is currently dropping weekly on a Monday. This is going to hurt. I still haven't caught up with that. It's been out nearly a month and I've heard such great things. I just haven't been in a good place to sit down and properly focus on that yet. And then Mood, I watched the lead actress of Mood, which is a BBC Three drama, get interviewed by Graham Norton recently. And it really did look like an interesting show, a different concept for TV in 2022. So I I definitely added that to my list. Among the hundreds of others, I know that I've got to watch my list every week continues to climb because we are being treated to some absolutely quality television at the moment so that is me i feel like i've been talking for quite a while so dave (laughs) over to you what have you been doing over the last week uh well i finished off vikings valhalla which is the netflix kind of continuation series of um the history channel's viking show although as we said before (laughs) it's uh, 100 years after the events of vikings so there's no direct crossover but it's in the same world that i really enjoyed it feels very much like it's Vikings. I mean, it's a different bunch of characters. There's still some of it in Katakat, which is was one of the central locations of the original show. So there are places of some familiarity to it, but all the characters are completely different. And as I mentioned last week, it's one of those shows where they throw a whole bunch of different characters at you. So twice as much cast as they need, which is quite useful because half of them are dead by the end of the series. <laughs> so they really do like, uh, and here's somebody who's going to be, oh, and they're dead. So it's like that all the way through it. There are a number of characters that get killed off at various points. So don't get overly attached to anybody. It's got a very kind of Walking Dead, laissez-faire kind of introduce somebody, kill them the next episode sort of set up for it but as you go through it you're kind of overwhelmed with this sort of bombarding bunch of main characters and as you go through it the characters whittle down and become a bit more focused so there are are a number of people that you're following through that are bubbling up to the top as being people that are going to be very important it's a really solid cast it's very well acted it does end on a quite a big battle sequence without giving anything away but it does end on this big battle sequence it almost feels like a mid-season finale though when you kind of get to the end of it it's what you know because it's 10 episodes rather than I think Vikings used to be 16 or 18 so it does feel like the end of the series but it also sort of feels like it's kind of mid-season as well so I really hope that it's coming back for another season after that and they do carry on with it because their other big Viking show is coming to an end. So uh, this hopefully can kind of pick up the button as being sort of more Viking things, which would be great. But thoroughly enjoy it. It's from Jeb Stewart. He's the person that's actually writing it. It's based on Michael Hurst, Viking, and he's Michael Hurst, he's exact producing it, but it's Jeb Stewart, who is the person that is behind this, who has done things like, he, as I said, I've mentioned last week, he he written things like Die Hard and The Fugitive, mm. and then seems to have a huge gap 
gap in his CV and then like this. He's really caught the feeling of it. If you like the original Vikings TV show, the original history series, then I think you'll really like this because it does very much feel like part of the same world. It's shot very similarly. It's got very similar aesthetic to it. So well, well worth going to watch if you've not seen that yet. But that's on Netflix right now. A few shows that returned, Picard returned for season two. The opening episode's very slow. I mean, it sort of starts off with them all getting shot up on a spaceship and then goes backwards, does that sort of Hawaii Five-O thing where they used to show McGarrett running through a street and a chase and then you go 24 hours earlier and then, you know, it's starting <laughs> up. It does that sort of thing. You're back with Picard. He's sort of retired and then he's sort of talking about life and getting older and that sort of stuff. And almost the whole episode is him milling about doing that. And then I don't think this is particularly giving anything away because they showed it in the trailer. Right at the end of the episode, Q shows up and tells him that he's messed around with time and continuing his experiment, which is what the sort of whole of The Next Generation was about. I liked it, but it was very slow. And I'm kind of looking forward to where they go next because I think Q's back. It's a bit more interesting. It does show you where all the characters are because the first season was about Picard and this little band of people that he kind of gathered together to go on this mission that were all on one ship. And now they've split them up. So some of them have actually joined Starfleet. So they're running their own ships within Starfleet, whereas Seven is still out there. It establishes where everything is. But then by the end of the episode, obviously, as I say, Q's turns up monkeys around with time. So presumably they're all going to be in different places now anyway. So... It was a bit of an odd opening episode, but I think moving forward, I still have faith in it. So we'll see where it goes. Outlander also returned for its sixth season, which I really enjoyed the opening of that. That did something a little bit weird as well, because that opened with it jumping back 20 years to an earlier part of the time where Jamie was stuck in Ellsmore, which is a prison that he was put in after the Jacobite Revolution. And we've sort of last saw that in season three. And the reason they did that was because they wanted to introduce one of the characters that he met there who we hadn't seen on screen before who is the protestant christian bible bashing guy who they introduce him there and then we jump back to present day which is 1770 whatever it is and they introduce this character showing up again in jamie's life and he's turned up at fraser's ridge and he's looking for a place to settle so religion seems to be playing a bigger part in this as well and there's obviously a bit of tension going on there because of the sort of Catholics and the Protestants. So they're dealing with that. And this season, you're also very much in the background. You've got the rumblings of the Revolutionary War starting off in America. The year that they're set in, 1773 it is, ends with the Boston Tea Party, which is when they threw all the tea in the rivers like ungrateful colonists that they are. So (laughs) basically, that's where they're sort of heading towards is that. I don't think the Revolutionary War started for a couple more years until after that but that's the start of it basically so um it's a solid enough opening episode there's good acting throughout you get to see a different side of claire she is dealing with the events of season five which i mean the end of season five was pretty horrific for claire so uh she's dealing with that she's uh carrying on with her medicine but he's obviously struggling and that's not something we've really seen much from that character before so that's kind of interesting that again is a good sort of opening episode and that does set everything up really well for moving forward and the conflicts that i think we're going to see over the rest of the season it was an extended episode as well it was 90 minutes long that's been a solid series throughout i think have you caught any of outlander no i tell you what though i think my mum has and my mum was saying how much she enjoyed it and i was like oh oh, oh there's a real crossover there yes. um, but i've heard great things about it it's just something I, I think i've said it on here before when a season gets so many seasons in and everyone's watching it i feel like i i'm like oh i'm not going to go back and watch it now I, I want to i want to be able to grab a series early on and love it quite early yeah. um, and i think i missed the boat with the outlander as well but i have heard amazing things about it yeah it is a really really good series it's on stars play in the uk now it used to be on amazon they moved it across because stars are basically reclaiming all their shows but the advantage which i know upset some people but one advantage of stars play having it is they release it day and date with the US. So we actually get it before the US does, which is lovely. 
The other thing I watched this week was The Ipcrust File, which is a new ITV drama. It's got Joe Cole in it from Peaky Blinders, Tom Hollander as well, uh, Lucy Boynton. It's a really solid cast. It's James Watkins directing from The Woman in Black and John Hodge writing it as well, who is probably best known for being Danny Boyle's screenwriter. He wrote Shallow Grave, Trainspotting, Trainspotting 2, The Beach, all those things. He's the writer behind it. So you know it's going to have a decent story going on. It is, of course, adapted from the novel of the same name and there's been a film version as well. Stars Joe Cole as Harry Palmer, who is a British corporal who is basically a little bit shady he's in germany he's selling stuff that he shouldn't from the british to the germans in the east and the west and he gets arrested then this agency which is not mi5 or mi6 it's a sort of another even shadier agency are trying to retrieve somebody and they discover that harry may have a contact that can point them towards the person that was taken so they go into the prison and offer to recruit him and say, if you do this, we might be able to help you out and get you out of prison. And it sort of goes on from there. Joe Cole's incredibly likable as Harry Palmer. He's got that sort of cheeky London chappy thing going on really, really well. And that works wonderfully. He's great in the lead role. Tom Hollander is playing the major who is in charge of this shady organisation. I mean, Tom Hollander's been in a bunch of things from things Things like The King's Man, Night Manager, of course, was one of the big things, mm-hmm. Taboo. He was in Rev, one of my favourites. Oh, uh, yes, of a, Yes, Rev with Olivia Coleman. Yes, Rev he was in as well. So he's been in a whole bunch of different things. He's wonderful. Lucy Boynton, I don't know as well but uh, I know the name the name is very familiar I think she's she's been in episodes of Endeavour she was in a thing called The Politician which is the Ryan Murphy thing on Netflix yes I know she is now she's a younger actress who is in The Politician she looked like she would come across as a mean girl type actress right. uh, she was actually quite a caring actress she's quite a good actress is she British as well or is that British American so oh. uh, she she's a mixture of the two I, you wouldn't know I mean I don't know what her natural accent is but certainly I mean she's very British in this she was in Bohemian Rhapsody as well she played Uh um, Mary Austin so she's been in quite a lot of stuff but she's great as well she plays this another agent and he's quite witty and somewhat sarcastic and he's sort of dealing with Harry Palmer in this as well it's a good opening solid cast really enjoyed the first episode of it it's going out weekly on ITV I have to watch the rest of it to know how good it is I don't know how many episodes it is i suspect it's the usual kind of six or so i would have thought but certainly worth a look well written well acted good solid cast decent direction on it definitely one to go and look for but that's the ipcris files if you want to go and check that out and that is on itv so that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some tv and film news Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. There are a few cancellations. The first one being The Big Leap, which was a show, I think it went out on Disney Plus over here, had it. It was on Fox in the US. It was actually based on a reality TV show, a British reality TV show about a ballet company, and they turned it into a drama in the US, which is a little weird, but um, apparently it didn't work particularly well because they've cancelled it after one season but he was on disney plus over here ordinary joe which never aired over here that stars james walk and that was a that sort of sliding doors thing we talked about it a couple of times where he plays 
three different versions of the same character that had gone on different careers, depending on what decisions he'd made at a certain point in his life. That's been cancelled by NBC after one season. And the big one, really, <laughs> Neighbours. <laughs> Neighbours has been cancelled after 37 years on air. 36 years in the UK, 37 years in Australia. Basically, they've been shopping around trying to find a new broadcaster, but nobody bit. Channel 5 had announced earlier last month that they weren't going to continue it and it's now being rested. The weird thing is, of course, Home and Away is still on air and Home and Away's numbers were worse than Neighbours. The reason for that still being on air and Neighbours going is because the contract they have for Home and Away says that they will air it for as long as the series is being made. That was how they got the deal because it was originally on ITV and ITV apparently is thought to have offered more money for Home and Away but Channel 5 agreed that they would air the show for as long as they made episodes of it which is possibly something they're regretting now because the numbers have drastically fallen off Hmm. so that's why Home and Away is still on air it wasn't that it's more popular it's because of the fact that they have a deal that says you have to keep the show on air so there is still at least one show that you can funnel Australian acting talent through but yeah I mean you think of the people that came through Neighbours Kylie Minogue Jason Donovan Guy Pearce Russell Crowe Margaret Robbie Jesse Spence Alan Dale Liam Hemsworth Natalie Imbruglia Delta Goodrum Luke Mitchell Holly Valance Ben Mendelsohn Isaac Taylor from The 100 so many more people I mean it's crazy the amount of people that started on that show and then if you add in the home and away people as well I mean pretty much anybody that's now in Hollywood that is an Australian actor went through one of those two shows everyone has a cultural moment or reminder I think if you were ever watching it when you were younger mine was around the time that Harold went missing and the classic glasses on the rock as the waves crashed the rock that was that sort of seminal of my own childhood remembering that scene in particular used to love Madge and her loss and it was absolutely great and I know all good things have to come to an end it would be wrong of me to say no don't do it because I don't watch it anymore it's not like I've been religiously keeping up with it but I wish it had found love for younger audiences again and they could all be sitting here sort of trying to save it because there's a huge youth audience but it's not it's the way that's changed you can't really get it on streaming services that's where the viewers are now so sadly it's one that's gonna leave us so it is a real shame because there is a lot of nostalgic love to it it'll be interesting to see what happens to the numbers to it for those last few episodes because they are talking about going out in spectacular style they are talking about rounding up as many of the old cast as they possibly can so people like Harold and Madge coming back whether they manage to get Kylie to come in I suspect she might actually go and do something Uh, same with Jason maybe even Guy Pearce I mean it would be very interesting to see who they manage to rope back in to come back and do bits and pieces but um, I am kind of sad to see it go just for the nostalgia value of it. But yes, uh, Neighbours cancelled after 37 years. In terms of the renewals, couple from Apple, uh, Acapulco has been renewed for a second season at Apple and the After Party has also been renewed for a second season at Apple. So both of those are coming back. Hightown has got a third season, which is a show that went out on Stars Play. And Grownish has been renewed for a fifth season as well. I think the first three seasons of Grownish are on Disney. Disney Plus at the moment. They're still waiting for the fourth season, which went out in the US last year. And then there will be a fifth season coming. That has been renewed. In terms of pickups and other bits and pieces, they announced that all the, well, shows previously known as the Marvel Netflix series, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, The Defenders and The Punisher are all coming to Disney Plus in the UK, USA, Canada, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand. They are going to be landing on the 16th of March. That's great news. All those shows they've now decided to found new home. Uh, for people in the US as well, they're also adding parental controls, obviously, because these very much sit outside the sort of PG-13 or PG-14, whatever it is, the rating that they have over there for it. They're very much outside that. So they're adding parental controls in the US to be able to put slightly more adult content on there, which is uh, good news for Disney+. Plus. Possibly not great news for Hulu, because that kind of then starts competing directly with Hulu, which they actually own both services, but it does make you wonder about the future of Hulu in there. 16th of March for all those shows landing over there. US is also 
getting Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which they hadn't had on there before because that was outside the rating. So that's good news for them as well. We've got that already. BattleBots is also finding a new home. That is basically Robot Wars, but turned up to 11. The robots are far, far more violent than the Robot Wars robots. It's a really spectacular show if you like those sort of battling robot shows. That has been off air for a number of years, but ITV4 have picked it up and that's landing on the 18th of April from 7pm and then running it out over the week. That's got a new home. So if you like those sort of Robot Wars things, then BattleBots ITV4 April 18th at 7pm for that. I'm just going to say, I was surprised. I didn't even realise IT4 was still running. Yes. <laughs> no, it's very rare we actually advertise anything on ITV4 because I assume it's all repeat, but uh, apparently not. Apparently they've picked this up. Russian Doll, they've announced the second season for that. That was brilliant, the first season of that. Yeah, really good. Wednesday, 20th of April, that's landing on Netflix. I'm very much looking forward to that. The format will be slightly different. It's still playing around with time, but they're not, I don't think, stuck in a time loop this time around it's playing around with them going back in time by the sounds of it from the little description i saw but uh, that looks like it's going to be really interesting and fun uh, first season of that was just wonderful it's so well put together and uh, natasha lyon who plays the lead role is so acerbic in that it's just brilliant couple of other bits and pieces. The CW, we spoke a few weeks ago about them doing a reboot of Babylon 5 with J. Michael Straczynski is actually the person that's behind it who made the original. So it is a reboot, but sort of done with modern technology, essentially, and him trying to do a new version of that story, which if it was anybody else doing it, I would be a bit kind of, yeah, I'm not sure about this. But the fact that it's him, it's the original creator doing it. I'm quite interested. It was originally planned five pilots for fall 2022. They've booted it to fall 2023. Usually when a pilot script is not picked up to production, that usually means the end of the road. But he got a call from Mark Pedowitz, who is the president of CW, and he's a huge fan of Babylon 5 as well, apparently. And he said he really liked the pilot script, but there is an issue at the moment, as we mentioned previously, that the CW is possibly going to be sold. And because of that, they've decided that they don't want to risk this getting mixed up in all of that stuff. So they booted it to next year to give it a bit more breathing room. But he did call the pilot a damn fine script, apparently. So uh, it's looking promising. It's still in active development. It's just going to take a little longer for it potentially to come to screen, assuming they do pick it up. The chances are that what will happen is if the CW gets sold, they will probably do it for HBO Max instead. I think that's probably what they're looking at but they're just hedging their bets a little bit because they don't want it to get caught up in the cw sale assuming that goes ahead moving on they've announced a new lead for the quantum leap reboot series so that's another potential series that's a pilot well say reboot it's a sort of reboot continuation show so the new iteration of quantum leap picks up 30 years after scott bakula's sam had stepped into the quantum leap accelerator and vanished they're now at a point where a new team has been assembled to reset start the project in the hopes of understanding the mysteries behind the machine and the man that created it. To answer the major question that everybody's been asking is Scott Bakula, his involvement in the show is to be determined at the moment, but because it is a continuation, it's still in the same world. There is a possibility that Sam Beckett could come back, of course. Fan of Quantum Leap? No, I've never really followed it. I, I remember when I heard, heard the original story about this, I think I got myself confused with the Twilight Zone and I was like, I'm sure the Twilight Zone has come back once already. Yes. No, wrong one. Um, and so I never really got into it. And I think when I was younger, there was a season of it on BBC Two, I want to yes. say. Yeah. Um, and I do remember the name Scott Pecula. But no, I never really got into it. I, maybe it's that sci-fi thing, Dave, that I struggle with. Well, possibly. <laughs> if you were going to get into a sci-fi show, that's quite a good one because it's, it is a sci-fi element, but there's also a history element to it as well. It's a bit like, in some respects, in the same way that Outlander is sci-fi, but is a historical thing, Quantum leap is the same sort of thing in that he goes back in time and he's leaping into other people's bodies and then has to solve something for the body he leaps into and set the timeline right in mm. or set that person's life in the right direction to be able to complete that and then leap out the body in the hope that the next leap takes him home to his own body that's the sort of 
premise of it. So although it is sci-fi, it's not all kind of spaceships and stuff. There is a sci-fi element that gets you into it, but a lot of it is more historical drama. So there is stuff. And of course, now we're 30 years on from the original, whereas the original was the 80s going backwards. This is now going backwards. So there will be stuff that is based in the 80s and 90s as well, Mm. which is kind of interesting. Another new show literally dropped today. The Walking Dead universe is ever expanding. (laughs) They've announced Isle of of the Dead, which is a new series. It's going to be another spin-off. It's got Maggie and Negan in it, so Lauren Cohen and Jeffrey Dean Morgan, which kind of spoils something for this season because it means that those characters can't die. So <laughs> that's a little bit of a spoiler for this season, but there's not really much you can do about that. They announced it. We're just reporting the news. They are going to be reprising their roles as the unlikely duo head into Manhattan, which has been long cut off from the mainland which I think is quite an interesting idea. The crumbling city is filled with the dead and denizens who have made New York City their own world full of anarchy, danger, beauty and terror, which is quite an intriguing setup because the world of The Walking Dead, most of it, has not taken place in cities. Most of it has taken place out in the wilderness or little towns, not in big cities, for the obvious reason that big cities were full of people and therefore after the Walking Dead outbreak happened, they're going to be full of the undead. So people tended to avoid cities. Was it the first season that they did go to a city? Yes. I'm not imagining that, am I? No, it was the first season. They lost some of their people there, didn't they? Yeah. I vaguely remember when I was a fan of it I, I remember the first season they went and they lost one of their like original people that were in the team because they refused to come with them yes they have been in and out cities for small arcs across the whole run but it sounds like this it's actually going to be six episodes in the first season of it and this is by the sounds of it going to be all set in Manhattan so I think that's kind of interesting because it, it does make it slightly different to everything else that they've announced so far and I mean you know we've got other stuff coming we know we've got a daryl and carol spin-off we know we've got the anthology series coming we've also got the rick grimes movies fear is still running there's lots of stuff still going on with the walking dead even though the main show is coming to an end at the end of the year so uh yeah it's still very much alive and well that show (laughs) but that's called isle of the dead that series that's going to be one to look out for 2023 they've said that we don't know where it's going to land in the uk because the walking dead stuff ends up all over the place so we'll see Moving on to streaming services, Disney Plus have said they are going to expand their offering for consumers by introducing an ad-supported subscription in addition to its option without ads. That's going to begin late 2022 in the US and then expand internationally in 2023. It's not something that's been done over here yet, although it is coming. We'll get to that in a minute. But um, it's the option that they do with Peacock in the US. Peacock has an ad-supported version and a subscriber version, which doesn't have ads hulu has an ad supported version and a non-ad supported version as well so it's a fairly common model in the us it's not something that's done much over here personally i would still pay for not having the ads but it also means that they can give a kind of lower price subscription and potentially bump up the subscriber price i don't know thoughts surely we're getting to a point where we've got too much there Mm -hmm. and i don't know how this is gonna help the situation are they trying to bring down the cost or will they keep the cost where it is add ads this is what now have done haven't they they keep the cost where it is add ads and then add another layer on top to have the one without ads it depends what they're doing if they're going to add a discounted entry that will come with ads that could be appealing for people who are just at their capacity with streaming sites but if they're just going to do the now approach which is oh this month ads start appearing you want to get rid of ads well, you just have to pay this much extra. And it, it depends. And like the next story we're about to go on to as well, which, you know, to tease the audience, there's an overload at the moment. And yeah. I am just worried for myself, like in my mind, and I'm a real passionate fan of TV, becomes too much. And, you know, it's just, I'm confused. I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is the question. If they're just going to start putting ads, I mean, I think it's what, £79 a year or something at the moment. If they're just going to start adding ads, to that £79 package and then say, oh, okay, you've got to pay £100 a year for no ads, that'll be very annoying. If they're going to drop it to say, okay, £59 a year for ads and then £89 a 
year for no ads, then okay, if you kind of remove the current price point and then split it so there is a lower one and a higher one, that I'm okay with. Mm. But if they're just going to throw ads into what people are currently paying and then put another price on top, which is what you say now TV did, that is less okay. So we'll see. They haven't announced pricing yet, so we'll, we'll see what they do with it. Sticking with that format, just before that story dropped, ITV in the UK announced that they are going to be launching a new streaming service, which is called ITVX, which, as somebody said in the comments the first time I saw that, I thought they were launching an adult channel. But (laughs) ITVX is going to be the new name of their streaming service. That is going to have ad-supported and paid subscription service options as well. It says it's the first UK service to do this, but then you've just said that now tv are doing it apparently aren't they well yeah i suppose are they trying to say they're totally free but all Uh, four do that but all four have that totally free with ads yeah totally free and you can pay to remove the ads can't you with all yeah so they also have an option so they're trying to say that they're with the first service to do this in the uk but i don't think they are but um they're gonna have two options their ad supported service will be completely free and then there is a paid subscription option the paid subscription option will also come with britbox so if you're already a britbox subscriber and this is a few quid more then it's possibly worth doing it through this rather than just getting britbox but essentially what they're doing is they're merging ITV Hub and BritBox into one. What they've done is they've bought the BBC share out of BritBox UK, although they have organised a content supply deal. So the BBC shows which are on BritBox are staying on BritBox. So the BBC are still providing content to it, but they no longer have shares in BritBox UK. BritBox will still be a thing internationally and BBC and ITV are still got shares together in internationally. They are also adopting a digital first approach, which is what AMC do with AMC Plus in the US in that they drop the shows onto AMC Plus early and then put them out on AMC as a broadcast channel. The gap in the US for AMC tends to be about a week. What ITV are saying is it could be a few months Mm. between them doing that. So they've announced a limited series called Spy Among Us, which is Damian Lewis and Guy Pearce in it, based on a novel by Ben McIntyre. It's going to premiere on ITVX about six to nine months before it actually goes out on the linear broadcast. That's how they're planning on trying to draw people to streaming for this. That drama follows the defection of a notorious British intelligence officer and a KBG double agent, King Philby, played by Pearce, through the lens of his complex relationship with MI6 colleague and close friend Nicholas Elliott played by Lewis. The show examines the espionage through their friendship and the fallout which affects the East-West relations to this day. I mean, that sounds like it could be quite a good show but if you want to see it first, you're going to have to watch it on ITVX. Although, as they say, that is going to be free with ads if you want to go and watch it with ads or if you get the subscription, you'll be able to watch it without ads. That's one of the shows. The other things are things that they had already announced which are things like Nolly which is the rise and fall of the Crossroads star Nolly Gordon, starring Helena Bonham Carter, that's from Russell T. Davis, mm-hmm. Confessions of Fanny Langdon, which is an adaptation of the Sarah Collins period drama set around a slave turned maid who is accused of murdering the family she loved and worked for, Three Little Birds, which is a six-part drama written by Selene Henry, inspired by his mother's stories about leaving Jamaica in the 1950s for Britain, Litvinenko, which is the four-part drama starring David Tennant about Alexander Litvinenko and the poisoning as well. They're also adding in a couple of other interesting things. They've got a a feature-length film for plebs, was one of the things that they said they were doing. So if you're a fan of plebs, there is a film coming, which will go on ITVX. The Case Against Cosby, which is a documentary about Bill Cosby, obviously, and A Year on Planet Earth, which is a natural history series. There's also a huge bag catalogue of things like Broadchurch, Brighthead Revisited, Victoria, Quiz, Unforgotten, Love Island, (laughs) randomly. They've also picked up some US shows as well, which are airing here for the first time. The Sex Lives of College Girls, which is a HBO Max series, and CW series All American are both being picked up for that. 
as well as they've got the OC One Tree Hill coming on there select series of the 100 Supernatural and Veronica Mars apparently so not the entire thing presumably it's like the first three seasons or the first six seasons or whatever I don't know why they've not got all of it presumably the rights are somewhere else but yes there's that coming so I mean they're saying there's going to be thousands of hours of content on ITVX when it launches well if they have been holding this off for a while to improve the quality of their platform then good (laughs) because I've moaned about it I know Matt has moaned about it the usability of the platform and what I've also learned how it changes between different smart TVs and online and iPads it's just one of the most ridiculous clunky like Mm -hmm platforms out there i hate it it's one of the worst yeah if they've been background working on that to make it the best option ever for streaming good on them i'll sign up you know i'll join them i love a lot of itv programs like i can't imagine watching things like ant and deck with all the adverts in any i prefer to pay that extra bit a month and have itv hub plus where i can just watch it purely no adverts and i'll do that but yeah. it's so clunky that every time I go in, I have to research for Ant and Deck and everything is in alphabetical order. So if I wanted to watch something beginning with W, I either have to go to the search or I just have to keep clicking the page until I get down to W. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they've spent their money wisely and I'll be up for it. Good British home television. You know, it's safe. It's high quality. Could be good. But please sort out the platform, ITV. Make sure it's better. Mind you, the Amazon platform is horrible as well. And if you've got the money of Amazon and you still can't sort it out, I don't hold a huge amount of hope for ITVX. <laughs> I, I mean, why they can't get decent UX designers on this, given, I mean, b- before I started all this, that was what I did, was designed interfaces. And it kills me whenever I have to use interfaces that are just terribly designed. The Amazon one is terrible. The Netflix one is pretty decent. Disney Plus is not bad. I feel Netflix has got better. Now you can remove things from your continue watching. Yeah. That's quite quite good for usability but the now one used to frustrate me as well kind of like iplayer i know some people complain about iplayer this week they've had a few troubles their continue watching keeps going offline i don't know if they're Uh. making improvements or something which is again quite annoying you forget which episode that i'm not watching death in paradise for example i'm like oh you know it's frustrating when that happens but that sounds so quite it's quite a it's a middle class futuristic problem isn't it the (laughs) interface of your streaming platform (laughs) but you know you want to retain viewers you want to know why you're paying that bit extra for them and so if you're going to pay that bit extra then have a good interface that people can access and get through you know if i didn't have amazon for the free deliveries i wouldn't be raving on about that for its great platform and being able to find programs easily it's just but i have it for its free delivery so it's got us on that i've got netflix and bbc because it's got a good platform itv i hate it but i love ant and deck so i'm gonna pull on through whenever they've got a new series coming out so yeah i know what you mean there are some terrible ones out there and as you say the frustration of how much it changes from one setup to another depending what smart tv you're watching Mm. on is really annoying there's one of the great things about the netflix one is generally it's the same whatever you know they have one interface across the board. There are a number of them that massively change the interface depending what you're watching yeah. on, which is very irritating. We don't know exactly when it's going to launch, but I think they said later this year, but it is in process at the moment. It will mean that BritBox is staying as available as its own thing, I think, as well as being integrated into this. But ITV Hub will vanish eventually and be replaced by the free version of ITVX. So in terms of what you're getting on ITV Hub, there will be more content on there. It will just be called ITVX. And then if you pay the subscription, you'll be able to remove all the ads and you'll also get BritBox in there as well. So, I mean, it's not a particularly 
bad deal, depending what the price is. We've just got to wait and see for that. Mm. And there's some good, interesting stuff coming onto BritBox as well, which I kind of forget about because I haven't got an app for it on my TV. It's on my phone, and then I've got to kind of throw it to the TV. So I don't use it as much as I possibly should. You know? Yeah. We'll see when it drops. I'm also glad they picked up a few US shows in there. All American. I'm not hugely into American football, but for people that are, I'm glad that that's got finally picked up. They've done a deal with Warner Media. So if that extends, then we may actually start to see some of the other CW and Warner Media stuff come across as well. But we'll have to wait and see. Moving on to TV shows, Apple TV Plus has ordered a new series from Sam Ishmael, who is the man behind Mr. Robot. And it's based on the classic seminal sci-fi film Metropolis by Fritz Lang. Metropolis, if you don't know the original movie, the original silent film was released in 1927, widely considered of one of the first ever science fiction movies, critically panned when it released, but has become to be seen as a hugely influential work, regularly appears on top 100 films lists and lauded by critics and filmmakers alike. One of the most notable pop culture references for it being that Ralph McQuarrie, who was the main designer on Star Wars, based C-3PO on, uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that, with, there was basically there was a female robot in it. And that was very much, if you look at a picture of that robot and C-3PO, I mean, they are almost, one's a male carbon copy of the robot in the film. So Metropolis the movie was set in this dystopian futuristic city that's a sharp divide between the working class and the city planners. There, the son of the city his mastermind falls in love with a working class prophet who predicts the coming of a saviour to mediate their differences. That's the sort of basic premise for the uh, setup of the film. That's what Sam Ishmael is working on. It sounds like a very sort of Sam Ishmael kind of premise because it's kind of have and have nots, which was sort of what Mr. Robot was pretty much about. Um, Sam's been keeping himself fairly busy as well since Mr. Robot ended. He's got this Watergate scandal TV series coming up for stars called Gaslit as well. He's also developing a continuation series of the Battlestar Galactica as well for Peacock. And he made Briar Patch, which was a very overlooked series, which went out on the USA Network and uh, the Amazon series Homecoming as well. So he's been keeping quite busy. You, as somebody that teaches film, I'm sure are very aware of Metropolis. Yes. uh, When I first actually became a teacher all those many, many moons ago, I was taught Metropolis in terms of an element of how we should use it as teaching when we were teaching the sci-fi genre. And then I would teach that down to my A-level students in particular when they're looking for like how sci-fi tropes were first developed. And I was looking at the phrasing of that robot and I want to say it's because it's German, it's Maschinenmensch. Yes, so, um, And of course, back in that time, you always look for the villains in programs are normally based on the culture that we're most scared of in the Western world. So they had that whole idea of the German robots and taking over the city and yeah, yeah. Um, we talked about that as well but yeah I, I remember it and I do like Esmail's work I, I did watch uh, the first season of Homecoming in particular which I really enjoyed yeah I would be really excited to see this I know it's sci-fi Dave you'll probably listen to me skeptically <laughs> but because it, it sort of honours a bit of my own film teaching that, that could be really interesting yeah this is the sort of stuff that Apple TV do very 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 well if there's anywhere for it to land I think Apple or Amazon are the people that are producing some of the higher quality streaming dramas, certainly, but Apple have just been knocking it out of the park. I mean, there's rarely a bad show on Apple. And Mm. um, I think this is a really interesting one to land there. We'll see when it turns up. There's no date on it yet. I mean, it's only just been announced, so there's no date on it yet. Uh, As I mentioned, Sam's quite busy. He's just done Gaslit. He's still developing the Battlestar Galactica thing. So this will be another thing to add in there. Uh, So when he actually gets to it, I don't know. But uh, we'll see. That is coming to Apple TV+. Plus. Apple TV, of course, is available on Sky now as well. So you can, don't know whether you can buy it through Sky, but it's certainly the app is now up on there. So it is more widely available to people. Yeah, not quite on uh, now yet, though. Oh, right. Haven't they put it yeah, on there yet? No, okay. they haven't put the app on there. I keep looking regularly, unless I'm waiting for an update. Uh, it's the only frustration about now at the moment, which is why I'm considering going to a Fire Stick 
right. um, in the yeah. near future just because I can get everything on there, including now. So, yeah, that's potentially my way forward as we move forward. So. Yes, Fire Stick or a Roku Stick would be quite good. In fact, I mean, they're yeah. one sort of a carbon copy of the other, I think, pretty much. But yes, yeah. they both work very, very well. A couple of other little stories. One of the sort of an update of something we mentioned previously, Future Armor. We were talking about a few weeks ago and they announced that that was coming back for a, a new season or 20 episodes, I think they've ordered so far. That's coming back onto Hulu. One of the things that was announced at the time was John DiMaggio, who voices Bender, hadn't signed on because he was upset by the amount of money. He didn't think that it was reasonable what they were offering. And we said at the time that that, I think, is probably a negotiation tactic, and I'm sure he'll come back at some point. And last week, they announced that what they're calling hashtag Bendergate is now over. He is coming back. They've sorted out their differences. I don't know what they actually settled on, but uh, he is returning as Bender, as the voice, which I'm very, very happy about because he wouldn't have been right, really, to bring the show back with somebody else voicing Bender. Because although you can have other people come in and do the voice for that character, I think there is a certain point where, much like The Simpsons, those people embody that character as well. And there are, are things that they do vocally that just are them and just wouldn't have been right to have mm. a big character like Bender come back without Dimashio doing it. So I'm glad they've sorted out their differences and uh, he will be coming back. And the show is back for the fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 2023, it's going to be returning on Hulu and it will also be on Disney Plus in the UK. They have confirmed as well. Also on Disney Plus, just announced today, The Muppet Mayhem, a brand new series. It's a musical series. It's got Lily Singh in it, who might not be a name you know, but she's taking on the human role in the show. And uh, it's from Adam F. Goldberg is the person that's writing it. The series will take audiences on a music-filled journey as, at long last, the Electric Mayhem Band records its first ever album. Lily Singh, who was in A Little Late with Lily Singh, and she also appearing in Dollface Season 2 will play the human lead role of Nora, a junior A&R executive tasked with managing and wrangling the mayhem that is the Electric Mayhem Band. The Electric Mayhem Band was of course the band that used to play in the pit on the Muppet Show, so that's Dr. Teeth on vocals and keyboard, Animal of course on drums, hey. Floyd Pepper on vocals and bass, Janice on vocals and lead guitar and Zoot on saxophone and Lips on trumpet. That's the Muppets which will be involved and the show. The series is written by the Goldbergs creator, Adam F. Goldberg, alongside Bill Beretta, who was involved in the Muppets and the brilliant Muppets Haunted Mansion, which is fantastic if you've not seen that, and Jeff Yorks as well. They developed the series and are writing it based on characters from Jim Henson. That's the people behind it. Muppets from the guy behind the Goldbergs, I think, sounds like a really interesting idea. I love the Muppets and uh, I do love the Goldbergs as well, so I wonder if it teams up quite right for me. I did watch the last Muppets one and as childish as it was, it is great to have a good background television, isn't it? It's, it's quite a harmless fun to watch. So yeah, I definitely probably would tune into that. Yeah, they've actually seemed to have found their feet again. I mean, Muppets Now, I thought was a great show. That was the one where they had Scooter uploading like various clips and they had random things like the Swedish chef doing a cooking challenge show <laughs> with Danny Trejo. Just all sorts of bizarre random stuff on that. And, and that was all ad-libbed as well, which was just brilliant. And the Muppets Haunted Mansion I think is one of the best things they've done in a very, very long time. They've really, really found their feet, I think, again. And uh, Bill Beretta being one of the people behind the Muppets Haunted Mansion, I think he's a good, solid person as somebody that knows the Muppets to team up with Adam Goldberg for this as well. So I'm really looking forward to this. I don't really know Lily Singh particularly. As I say, she's appearing in Dollface Season 2. She, I think, is a YouTube star who kind of blew up really huge, which is probably why I have haven't heard of her because I don't really follow YouTube people. <laughs> but yes, if she's in Dollface, which was a great series, she's quite popular anyway. I think she sounds like she's probably quite a good fit for working with the Muppets as well. So yeah, this will be quite interesting. I think 2023 probably that's going to land, but we'll see how it goes. But yes, that was announced today as well. So I'm looking forward to that. That's all the news we've got for this week. Just some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> 
highlights for next week we kick off with the fifth and final season of The Last Kingdom which is the other Vikings show although they have got a movie coming afterwards I think but that's coming to Netflix on the 9th of March Queen of the South that returns to Netflix for its fifth and final season that's on the 9th of March as well so there's two fifth and final seasons coming up there My Brilliant Friend that is HBO's first foreign language miniseries uh, based on a best-selling book that returns for its third season that's coming to Sky Atlantic on the 10th of March at 9pm. The brilliant, wonderful upload from Greg Daniels starring Robbie Amell, that comes on the 11th of March to Prime Video. I'm really looking forward to that because I loved here. the first series of that was yeah. hilarious. That was the one about humans that choose to be uploaded into virtual afterlife. I loved that. It was superb. Last Days of Paloma Gray, that is coming to Apple TV Plus on the 11th of March. That miniseries based on a novel and it stars Samuel L. Jackson in the lead role. And good time if you like your ecclesiastical crime solving this week, because uh, <laughs> Grantchester season seven starts on the 11th of March at 9pm. And also Sister Boniface Mysteries, which is a spin-off from Father Brown, that lands on the 11th of March at 9pm. So Sister Boniface Mysteries on drama and Grantchester on ITV. So yes, ecclesiastical crime solving <laughs> all over the place for you there as well. Who knew the Father Brown cinematic universe would be <laughs> I know. know. So some good stuff coming up this week. Upload, I will be definitely keeping it out for. I know there's lots of fans of Grantchester out there, so that will be great. If people want to find more stuff from you, where can they find you? Come over to Twitter. Find me at GreyTheGeek. Normally commenting on my uh, consumer woes as well as a few comments about TV. And recently, and I've had to make myself stop this, a daily Wordle results, but I stopped at the weekend. (laughs) I thought, actually, this is getting boring. And in a year's time, when Time Hop tells me what I was doing throughout the months of January and February, it would just be my Wordle result every morning. So come and look back and see how I did over the last month. <laughs> yes, yes. I've got horribly addicted to Wordle as well, but I'm not posting the results of online. For other people involved in the show, you can, of course, go and find Bex over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes. That's B Y T E S. She's streaming daily, doing various evening streams. I caught a just chatting stream on Sunday. She was doing stuff for mental health charity, which is fantastic. And that was a really wonderful stream to sit and watch and get involved with. She's doing lots of other charity streams as well, as well as retro gaming and just talking streams and the tomb failure stream and there's lots of stuff going over so go and check out bex over on trista bites she is wonderful doing great job over there matt of course you can find at entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots more podcasts including the walking dead podcast which we're doing on wednesdays over there and no doubt we'll be talking a bit more depth about the expanding of the walking dead universe in that show and daryl you can find at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all the shows that you love which are shot in Canada for us you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.